0: It's difficult to talk about leadership without talking about communication. So in this episode, you'll learn five misconceptions about communication that may keep you from being a great leader. Enjoy. Hi, this is Lori Richards, and welcome to the Construction Leader Podcast. If you are a leader in construction, you're in the right place. If you want to be a leader in construction, whether in the office or in the field, you're in the right place. This podcast is dedicated to helping people become stronger leaders and more successful in the construction industry, specifically in the construction industry. I'm Lori Richards, and some of you may be familiar with me for coming into your organizations and helping you solve communication problems, maybe being a part of your association meetings or maybe helping you win that new piece of business. So welcome to the Construction Leader Podcast. It's hard to talk about leadership without talking about the importance of communication. It's not enough to be good at what you do. You have to be able to tell people about it. That's really what leadership is about. It's difficult to have a conversation about true leadership without talking about the importance of communication. So today you're going to learn five misconceptions about communication because without effective communication, very difficult to lead. You'll learn to assess yourself and figure out whether or not this is a chink in your communication armor, and you'll learn what you can do to overcome these if they're causing problems in your leadership. The first misconception is that everybody hears things the same way it's just simply not the case you might say big they think huge you might say small they think huge the challenge is that not everybody uses the same vernacular to describe the very same thing i remember when i was working in an advertising agency in the philadelphia area i spent a lot of my years working in advertising and marketing i actually helped launch the pork the other white meat campaign when it first came out and i was working in this agency in philadelphia and my counterpart was David. And David and I worked really well together. And we worked on the same client. And we had this conference call, and we were in separate rooms. And after the conference call, he came into my um, office, and we were talking about what the client had just handed us. And I said, Oh, my gosh, David, this is going to be huge. He said, Oh, no, Lori, this is going to be small. I said, no, David, this is going to be a huge campaign. He said, no, Lori, it's going to be a little campaign. No big deal. I said, David, this is going to be a huge project. I'm really excited about this. And he said, no, Lori, this isn't going to be any big deal at all. And I looked at him and I said, David, write down the budget number that you think we're working with. And he wrote down a number, and I wrote down a number. It was the exact same number. And what that tells me is that our perspectives, we heard the same thing, but our perspectives and our interpretation of the exact same thing was very different. So you might be sitting in the same room, but you're interpreting those and assessing those from your perspective, and they're doing the same from their perspective. So what might look interesting and like a big project or a small project to you might look very, very different from them. I grew up in South Dakota, as many of you know, and, uh, I drink pop now in a lot of the country it's soda. And in some parts of the country, it's Coke, even if it's not. I know down in Texas, very commonly, I hear people order a Coke. And when the waitress says what kind, they'll say, seven up. So it's just, it's a different language. And just because we're using a word that makes sense to us doesn't mean that it makes sense to someone else. I suspect that many of you listening are living in a house where there's at least two different definitions for the word clean. And when that happens, we're we're talking or even listening, and we're not necessarily Necessarily communicating. We're not getting a message through that means the same thing to both people. So, one of the things that you want to do is assess yourself is what you're saying what you really mean. Do they understand what you really mean? And that means you need to sort of get in the head of that listener, get in the head of that person who's reading your emails. And you want to make sure that you're confirming your communication. Uh, What you don't want to do is simply say any questions because most people won't say, yes, I have questions. But instead, what you want to do is you want to say, you know what? I know I went through this really quickly. Can you just tell me back what you understood about this? Because I want to make sure that I was clear on some of the communication. Uh, You want to make sure that you are taking a look at your own communication and owning that responsibility. Because when you use certain language that other people understand differently, and I'm not talking about English and Italian and Spanish and anything else, we're talking about communicating with a person where we use our own industry language. You have construction language that is different from any other industry, but you also have different language as an engineer or an architect or an accountant or a project manager or a supervisor or anyone else on the job, you are using a different language than anyone else. And that means that when you're communicating, you want to make sure that you're using the language that they understand. Not everyone understands things the same way that you do. That's your first misconception. A second misconception is that talking is communicating. It's simply not. How many times have you sat in meetings and you really weren't listening? (laughs) Instead, you're either waiting for your turn to talk, or you were simply doing your to-do list, you were thinking about something else, you were checking your email, just because there is someone in the room talking does not mean that people are listening. What that means for you as a communicator is that just because you said it doesn't mean other people get it. It's important to clarify that they have it. It's important to say, what did you guys get out of this? Let's make sure we're on the same page. For instance, I'm a real believer in meetings that we take public notes. And what I mean by that is, as opposed to everybody just sitting there and maybe taking their own notes, that you put a flip chart or you have a dry erase board in front of you. And every time someone makes a commitment to have something by a specific deadline or takes a responsibility, um, that it goes on the board. Now, this is not official minutes to meetings meetings like Robert's Rules of Order. It's not something fancy like that. It's simply a commitment or an accountability or a responsibility board. And now at the end of the meeting, you can do two things. One, you can go through that list and you can see how much is accomplished. See, I don't believe people hate meetings. I believe people hate meetings where nothing gets done. So what you have here, if you keep public meetings, a responsibility board or an accountability board, what you have here is a list of all the things that people have committed to, all the action that's going to be taken. Be sure to write down what the action is, the person that's responsible, and if there's a deadline. And now you can also make sure that everybody got it because now when Bob leaves the meeting, he knows that his name was on that board. And that's the paper. That's the picture. That's the writing that you distribute to everyone to make sure that we're on track. The same thing is true for safety. I know you guys have morning huddles you're talking about the safety tip of the day. Make sure that those tips are clear. Make sure that you're having someone repeat it back to you. And I don't mean just repeating, but I mean actually explaining what it is that you meant. So communication is not just us talking. It's actually figuring out, are we saying what that audience needs to hear in order to understand our message? That's very different than just talking. Let me say that again. Communication is not talking. Communication is saying what your audience needs to hear in order to understand the message. Give you another example here. It's the use of words like always and never. Always and never could be the truth. Or maybe they're not. Is always really 100% of the time. And some of you listening are thinking, yes, always is always 100% of the time. And yet you'll have other people who argue, no, always is sometimes. If I say something like traffic always backs up out here, is it really 100% or is it just a good deal of the time? If I say uh, you always leave your shoes at the bottom of the stairs, is that really 100% or is that just more than I'd like it to be. Is always really always. Is never really never. We never go where I wanna go. We never do this on Friday. Is it really never or is it just not often enough? We see this a lot in performance evaluations where we use words like sometime or always or uh, occasionally or rarely. What does that really mean? What it means to you might be very, very different than what it means to someone else. I do a lot of seminars and in almost every seminar, we do an exercise where the participants are asked to write down a percentage next to what a word means. Always, sometimes, often, occasionally, never. Write down the percentage that those mean. If we really measured, what would those words mean? And 100% of the time, by the time we're finished, the number that someone uses to represent always overlaps the number that we use to represent never. Now, that might sound crazy to you. It fascinates me every single day that I see it. But it happens. And what that means is that one person thinks always means 75% and another person thinks always means 100%, and another person thinks that always means when you can, 10%. And the same thing happens with sometimes. You might think, in fact, you'll see it in in your performance evaluations, for example, you might write, sometimes things don't get done on time. And what you mean is 25% of the time, but when someone reads it, they think you mean 75% of the time. So, So the meaning gets lost in those words and you have to be very careful because what the person hears is not always exactly what you mean. And just because you say it doesn't mean they're paying attention. So take a look, ask yourself, are they paying attention? And more importantly, ask yourself, do they understand exactly what I mean? Another misconception is that writing is communication. Sorry, but I would venture to guess that a lot of you do not read all of your emails. And if that's the case, then writing is just an exercise in typing. If people aren't reading your emails, if they don't open your emails, if they don't read your emails, if they don't understand what you need in the emails, how many times do you open up an email, read it, and you think to yourself, I don't even know what this person wanted. What in the world were they looking for? Because it's so uh, in the weeds that you don't understand something. Or maybe you don't even open the email because maybe it's from someone that you just don't care very much about or you don't respect their opinion about something. You don't even open the email. Well, then it's not really communication because they're not reading it. So communication is not writing. Writing is not communication. Writing what they're willing to open and what they're willing to read And what they need to read in order to understand what you need, that's what effective writing is. That means that we need to pay very close attention to what our writing looks like in addition to what it says. The research tells us that the average person will look at your writing for four seconds. And in that four seconds, they will determine whether or not to invest more time in reading that. Otherwise, they put it on the proverbial pile. And my guess is you all have a pile. That pile, whether it's real or digital, that pile of information, that stack of paper that, oh, you'll get to it sometime. The challenge is that we seldom get back to it. (laughs) And if your stuff gets to someone else's pile, it's not communication. It's simply writing skills. If what you want is for people to read it, you have to make it something that they will actually read. In future episodes, we'll take a look at what it takes to really write in such a way that other people will open your emails and that they'll read those emails. And most importantly, that you'll get the response that you want from those emails. So that's another misconception is that writing is actually communicating. It's much bigger than that. Another misconception is that simply not talking means you're listening. Simply not talking means you're listening. No, sorry. Listening is not just not talking. Watch yourself today. Just pay attention to what happens when you're in a conversation. Are you really listening to what that person wants wants to communicate? Or are you instead thinking about what you want to say? Are you truly listening and internalizing? Listening is about interpretation. Listening is not hearing. Hearing is, do your ears work? Listening is, can you interpret what this person really means? So as you're listening to what someone says, are you just listening to the words and taking them just for the words? Or are you interpreting that person when that person says this, this is what they probably mean. Based on where they are, this is what they actually mean. So listening is not about, did you hear the words or did you just Keep your mouth shut, just not talk. That's not listening. You could be thinking about a million other things and not listening, but you're still looking at the person, maybe even nodding or giving them some verbal cues. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh-huh. But that doesn't mean that we're actually listening. Listening is interpreting what they said. When he or she said this, what did they mean? Let's go back to that example of the always, sometimes, and never. When someone says you always do this, they don't mean you do this a hundred percent of the time. They mean you do it more often than they would like you to do it. When they say you never do it, they don't mean you don't ever and have never done this. What they mean is you don't do this as often as I would like. Now, as often as that person would like might be 10 times, whereas often as you would like might only be two. Sometimes might feel like it's too much for you and not enough for them. So you really have to listen, not just to the words that they say, but you have to listen to interpret what does this person mean when they say what they say. That's what listening is all about. So communication has a lot to do with listening, but it's not just not talking. Another misconception is that when we ask a question, people will answer us truthfully and comprehensively. It's simply not true. There are a lot of what we call recitation answers, and that should be a quick red flag when you start getting recitation answers, because it's a, it's a indication that people aren't really answering you either, maybe not truthfully, but maybe not completely. Okay. Here's what I mean. When you say to your kids, if you have kids, if you say, how was your day, you probably get a. Good, fine. That's a recitation answer. When you're walking down the hall and saying, good morning to someone, how you doing today? Fine. All that is, is a recitation answer. It's not necessarily an honest answer. The same thing happens when a supervisor or a leader is giving, uh, is delegating a task or is checking in with somebody who maybe answers to them. So you might have a new hire, for example, and you go around, you say to them, how's the new job? Great that's a recitation answer. They've recited it, or it's something that just automatically comes out of their mouth instead of being thoughtful and open and honest communication. So you always want to raise a red flag when that happens. And by that, I mean, just simply be aware that you might need a different question, or you might need to dig a little deeper to find things out. For instance, with your kids, Uh, If you keep asking, how was your day? You're going to keep getting the fine, everything is fine, good, whatever, and and just sort of a dismissive recitation answer. Uh, On the job, if you instead say, so what do you like so far with the job? They might come up with an answer. My dad asks every day, what'd you learn today? That's his question of the day. Instead of saying, how was your day? He says, what'd you learn today? Now, a couple of things. You're going to try this and the first couple of times your your kids or your staff or whatever, they're they're not going to have answers. It's, they're not used to it. They're not used to having to think when you ask them a question. So initially, you're probably not going to get anything. But after three or four times of you saying, so what'd you learn today? So what's going good on the job? So anything I need to know, what do I need to know about on the job? What do I need to know on this project? Uh, What are you working with? Or what's your favorite thing about the job? Whatever question you come up with, what you'll find is they will start thinking about the answer before you ever walk by. So again, for instance, uh, my dad always asks, uh, what'd you learn today? So as I'm driving home, if I'm going out to see aunts and uncles and family and friends, on my drive home to see mom and dad, I'm always thinking, okay, what am I going to say when he says, what'd you learn today? (laughs) The same thing will start happening if you start asking your kids, what's the most fun thing that happened today? What's the most important thing that happened today? Tell me something funny that happened today. What made you laugh today? What's one thing you learned in math class today? If you ask kids, what'd you learn today? They'll give you a, a, nothing. Okay. If you ask them, what'd you learn in math class today? You've got a shot. What'd you learn in science today? What did your best friend do today that made you laugh? There's where you'll get some answers. On the job, asking things like, how does this surprise you? How did this job surprise you? What's happening on the job that's different than the last position that you had? So far in your job, what's your favorite thing? If you were king for a day, what's something you would change about this particular role? What ideas do you have to make this job site safer? What ideas do you have to make this job site more efficient? What ideas do you have? Give me two ways that you can think of that we might uh, get things done faster or more effectively. You start asking questions like that, they'll start thinking about their answers and you might actually get something that's really helpful. Because when they're giving you recitation answers, it's not really communication. It's like nodding your head to one another and saying good morning. Instead, you're looking for ways to really communicate. So again, the misconceptions covered today, first of all, not everyone hears the same thing. So make sure that you're thinking about the language that they speak and changing your approach to make sure that it gets through to them. Second, talking is not communicating. Just because you're standing in front of the room or you're standing in the middle of the huddle and you're the guy talking doesn't mean everyone is listening to you. Make sure that you're talking in such way that connects with them. Third, writing is not communication. It is not a fair assumption to believe that everyone read your email. I know it's frustrating. It's just the nature of the beast. So you've got to find ways to write in such a way that they are destined to open that email, to read that email, that the important information is easy to find so that you get the responses that you really want. Fourth, understand that listening is not just not talking. Listening is about interpretation. What did this person mean when they said this? And fifth, be very careful about recitation answers because it's an indication that you're not really communicating. The responsibility for communication lies with me, meaning that if I'm the sender of information, it's my job to confirm that they got the information that I wanted them to get. If I'm the receiver of the information, it's my responsibility to confirm that I got the information that the sender wanted me to get. Responsibility for communication lies with every individual. You want to, as a leader, own that responsibility and make sure that you take that as a very serious responsibility because as a leader, it's not enough to be good at what you do. You have to be able to tell people about it. In upcoming episodes, we'll take a really close look at each of these misconceptions and you'll get specific things that you can do to make sure that you're overcoming the misconceptions and that you're getting the results and the responses that you really want. Because as a leader, it's not enough to be good at what you do. You have to be able to tell people about it. In upcoming episodes, you'll get specific techniques that you can use to solve communication problems, leadership problems, You'll hear interviews from CEOs of construction companies, project managers, business development leaders, even customers and some association leaders, so that you can get the leadership skills that you need in order to grow in your career. And if you found this useful, be sure to go on to your podcast providers and rate us. And be sure to reach out to us with any ideas that you have on interesting interviews or maybe some specific questions that you'd like to see addressed here on the podcast. You can find us at constructionleaderpodcast.com. Again, that's constructionleaderpodcast.com. Looking forward to hearing from you.